Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered with Ken Campbell. I'm Dylan Waugh. I'm the sidekick. I am the Corporal Barbella to Sergeant Bilko. If you get that <laughs> reference, you're probably very old or dead. <laughs> this week, we're going to be talking about the playoffs, obviously. We're going to be talking about the coaching carousel, but we're also going to have to deal with some more serious stuff in the Hockey Canada. And I think we'll be starting there. So, Ken, before we get started in what's going to be a pretty um, yeah. difficult beginning of the podcast, yep. why don't you tell me how you're doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Happy Indigenous Peoples Day. That's um, an important holiday. That's an important yeah. day. Yeah. today yeah. Is, And today is that day. And it's the first time in a, a couple of years that people have been able to gather for that. So yeah. uh, all the best to uh, everyone who's celebrating that. And uh, yeah. let's hope we can... Get, be on the right side of history and start getting things right. You know, I mean, that, like, and and this is what it, it always comes down to for me is that I don't know as a classic middle of the road, middle class white guy. I don't, right. I, I don't know what the best moves forward. But when I talk to, like, I've got like one indigenous friend. Right. And if they tell me that land recognition is important to them. Yeah. Then I say we just do it. If they tell right. me that this holiday is important to them, then I just say, you know what right. I mean. Just like, li listen. I, I hear a lot of the arguments being like, being like, well, that doesn't make up for it, and nobody's saying that it makes up for it. No, anything. it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. But you you have to start the reparation somewhere. You have to start and, somehow. And I think it starts with listening. Yeah. And it starts with being compassionate and understanding. You know, I mean, I, I I've said for the last couple of federal elections, if there's just one leader or one party out there that can make one promise. And that is to have clean drinking water for yeah. everyone. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to vote for that person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be enough for me. That yeah. would be enough for me right yeah. there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're speaking from a perspective of very much on the outside. Yeah. But I think we can listen. I think we can be compassionate. I think we can learn. We're people that are willing to learn. Right. And that's, that's, right. that's the best that we can be. I've, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, so I, I do. I like having this stuff in the forefront. I like having this stuff on Twitter. I like having this stuff mm -hmm. there that it's it's front of mind that I can, yep. you know, engorge yep. on this sort of stuff. Now, um, before we get into our first From segment. One heavy topic to another. <laughs> oh, gee whiz. Yeah, yeah. Before we get into our next subject, we should give a trigger warning. Yeah. We will be talking about some very difficult subjects and. And of course, uh, it, that is the Team Canada and the and the sexual assault case that's that's happening right now. Alleged sexual assaults, yeah, Al yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's why I said the case. Yes, I, okay, I yeah, that fair that, enough. That fair enough. The alleged, fair enough. But uh, we will be talking about that. So skip ahead about 10, 15 minutes. You know, if this is not something that's for you, it's understandable. Um, but uh, without further ado, let's get into it. I yep. always liked. I know you probably know Carol off. Yeah, as it happens, CBC. Yeah, exactly, yes. yeah, 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 CBC. Yeah, yeah. She said something to the effect of, and this kind of ties into Indigenous and this, something to the effect of it's important for people to bear witness. Mm -hmm. And it, it was on Twitter and there was some controversy about something happening. And she, and she said, like, look, we can't all make a difference, but it is important to bear witness. And that's kind of how I'm feeling. Right. Both with Indigenous People's Day. Right. And... With this, with this case in Hockey Canada. Now we just had a parliamentary hearing yesterday, and you um, were very much 
you, you hung off of it, off of every word. And yeah. so I'm curious, yeah. you're, you also wrote a, an article on your Substack. Yep. And, uh, and Campbell.substack.com. Yes. Yep. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You also wrote an article on your Substack, and I'm curious as to your main takeaways from yesterday. Oh, wow. Um, well, it was a stand, it was a, uh, uh, by way of background, uh, outgoing uh, Hockey Canada CEO Tom Rennie, incoming Hockey Canada CEO Scott Smith, and Hockey Canada Foundation Chairman Dave Andrews. We're all, and, and it was actually supposed to be Glenn McCurdy who just recently retired as kind of their insurance guy, but he couldn't be there for personal reasons. They were invited to testify, well, probably more than invited to testify uh, to the Canadian Heritage uh, Standing Committee yeah. that was looking into the alleged sexual assault in 2018 at the Hockey Canada Gala in London, Ontario. Um, and uh, I really, you know, there, I, I, I have a lot of takeaways. One of which is I keep trying to think of a scenario under which it could have gone worse for Hockey Canada. And I can't. Yeah. It, it could not have possibly gone worse for Hockey Canada yesterday than it did. I mean, right from, from not really being prepared to answer a couple of the questions to, you know, at one point Tom Rennie said that, between, because they did, they the, the police investigated it, the London police investigated it, and they had a third party uh, law firm, Hen and Hutchison here in yeah. Toronto, investigate it, and they they said that that basically the investigation was never completed. Yeah, um, it's an incomplete investigation. It's been suspended. Um, that. Um, uh, Tom Rennie said at one point that between four and six of the 19 players who were involved, not involved, sorry, were in attendance at the gala, yeah. uh, participated. And then at one point, Scott Scott Smith said, no, 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 it was 12 or 13 that were, that participated. When Tom said between four and six, he must have meant, you know, the ones who didn't participate. Yeah. So it, it, it was just a... It was just a shit show, to be honest, all around yeah. in a lot of ways. But to me, the biggest takeaway is, is that I think the biggest problem that people have when things like this happen is that, is that because these are talented, gifted, entitled hockey players, that nothing, that there will be no repercussions. Yeah. And after yesterday, that confirmed all of those Biases. notions yeah. like, like big time. Yeah. There was absolutely zero repercussion for any of those players who was allegedly involved in that gang rape, you know, yeah. right from the hockey Canada did not compel them to, to, to agree, to uh, cooperate with the investigation. They strongly recommended, you know, and, and see what it comes back to me is that, is that there are no repercussions. There are no repercussions. Yeah. Hockey Canada paid the settlement. These guys didn't lose a penny out of the out of the NHL money that they're presumably making right now because they're presumably in the NHL. But what it tells me is 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 like, did Hockey Canada ever really want to know who these guys are? Did they ever really want to know? Because it just seemed to me there was a very cursory investigation here, a long one. It went over you know over two years, but really an incomplete investigation. And then basically the investigators tell them and say. We can't tell you definitively what happened in that hotel room that night, and we can't identify who was involved. Yeah. 
And, and so Hockey Canada basically, from what I could gather, took that and said, okay, you yeah. know, I mean, this was a lawsuit that was settled in a matter of weeks. Yeah. Like these things don't get settled like this. No. They don't get no. settled this quickly. No. And so Hockey Canada is trying to push this narrative that, you know, we cared about the we cared about the 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 the, the victim and we wanted to, you know, lessen her pain and suffering and all this stuff. So we we resolved uh, came to an agreement in in like a matter of weeks on an incident that we're not even told anything about what really happened. They, right? couldn't, like, they couldn't close the book fast enough. No, no, it's it. exactly. Yeah. They, it's very clear. They wanted this to go away very quickly and very cleanly. And, and so to me, what that tells me is not only are there no repercussions for any of this yeah. to the, to the people who are allegedly involved, but if I'm hockey Canada, do I not want to know when I'm picking a national team for the world championships or for the Olympics yeah. or for the world cup in a, you know, if it ever happens again, yeah. I want to know yeah. if one of those guys is an, is alleged to have gang raped someone. I'm sorry, but I want to know that. And if I know that he's not going to wear Canada's colors. So you, you just said something and you've now said it twice in this uh, conversation that is so important to me. Sexual assault is the broadest term from smacking somebody on the butt. Yeah. If, and I, I'm not, I'm not defending people who do this, but some men genuinely think that they're joking and then when they're not, right. when right. it's not perceived that way. Right. And so sexual assault is from smacking on the butt. This is gang rape. Yeah. There's no gray, and, and no gray area. And that's where it, I, it really, it almost bothers me that it, it like sugarcoats it, right? It, it's like calling the Korean War a policing action. Right, right. It wasn't a policing action. Right. At no point was it a policing action. And so this, for me personally, uh, my wife and I have a fantastic relationship. We talk about all of the issues of the world. We, <clears throat> on a quasi-regular basis... We'll stay up until three o'clock in the morning and just talking about the issues of the world. Right. Depending if something has happened that right. gets us talking. Right. And then, and, but this one, you know, she tends to get most of her hockey news through me. She watches the game, which doesn't really care about the outside. I've, I've told her that this is happening, but I've not even been able to bring out the words as to what exactly is happening because right, I just right. find it so right distasteful and so difficult as many fans of the sport are probably feeling right now to reconcile the sport that they love with this. Right. Right. And, and, and that's a, a very difficult thing. Now I've got a good friend that told that once said to me, if, if you look at a professional athlete as a role model, you've, that's a non-starter. You've already, right, right. You've already exactly. made a mistake yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and he's not, he's not <clears> wrong, <throat> but nevertheless we do. Right. And, 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 and people do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's no getting around that. Right. And, and right. so I, this, this particularly, I, that's why I gave the trigger warning because I really, yeah. I wanted to use the term yeah, yeah. gang rape. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't want to fluff it up. Right. With sexual assault or whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. I almost have to wonder this is this is just me. This is just me saying this. 
if Hockey Canada either knows or has a very good idea as to who did it and they did not complete the 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 thing for plausible deniability. Yep. I I have to wonder if if that's a case, but at at the end of the day um I always believe in second chances right. and rehabilitation right. and all of that. Yeah. But that doesn't but you have to acknowledge, you have to acknowledge right. that you did something first. Exactly where I was driving right? at. Yeah. yeah. That does not happen without any repercussions right. Right. to your action. Right. I mean, we had in Toronto in maybe 2015, no, maybe 2013, the case with Gian Gomeshi. Yes. And that, for those that are not in Toronto or Canada, Gian Gomeshi was, um, <laughs> it feels weird to say, but the biggest radio star in the country. He was one of them, yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and to say... I know that sounds weird to say, but he actually, his show was a, was a pop culture show and he had celebrities, like the biggest list celebrities were on yeah, yeah. Q with Gian Gomeshi. Yeah. And um, what was so interesting about that case was that it was uh, groundbreaking in that it exposed all of the things that we do wrong in sexual assault cases. Right, right. It exposed, right. Uh, and, and it, now this is... I say exposed because, of course, it's been happening wrong for a long time. But this was the first time, in to my recollection, that the public was all of a sudden starting to really question how do we question yeah. victims yeah. Yeah. in a way that they will uh, be able to properly testify? What's the cross-examination? What's the psychological impact of what a victim does? Because, of course, <clears throat> Gian Gomeshi was let off the hook mm-hmm. because his victims called him back. right. Right. And therefore, that was used as proof of consent when in actuality, we now know, it's more public knowledge to know that sometimes victims will do that as a way to normalize to themselves what had happened. Right. And so I, I'm no lawyer. I'm, I'm, I don't pretend to be one and, and all the rest of it. But at the end of the day, there's, there's a new thing that's coming out around this, which I think is fascinating, which is... Um, whether in a situation like this, an NDA non-disclosure agreement right, right. is uh, um, what's it called? Whether it's constitutional or con- yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether yeah. it's constitutional, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that that's a very interesting thing because mm-hmm. the tr- the truth is is that it should not be constitutional. Mm-hmm. If it, it maybe it should be constitutional in situations where it's not a criminal act. But you're talking about people who have committed a crime, right? And a heinous one, right? Right. But uh, allegedly. Yeah, see, right, and right. that's that's the whole problem here, Dylan, is that yeah. we're we're sitting here saying they allegedly committed a crime. We're saying eight players out of nineteen that were in the, that were at this gala gang raped a woman, allegedly. But we have no like like Tom Rennie talked about a common set of facts. Yeah. Right off the top, he talked about a common set of facts. What are you talking about? A common set of facts. Yeah. We have no facts. We don't have the facts. And that's why every player on this team now is going to be painted with that brush of right. being, was he the alleged rapist? Was yeah. he one of them? You know, yeah, was so it this guy? Was it that guy? Was it this guy? Was it Alex Formanton? Was it Max Contois? Was it Kale McCarr? Was it, you know, was it these guys that were on this team? Yeah. Was it Tyler Steenberger? Does it, was it Carter Hart? Was it, Victor you know, and, was and, it, yeah. and you're sitting there going, well, Victor McDay wasn't there. He wasn't, he oh, was right, actually yeah. in was Cancun the, at the time, yeah, that's right. but you can go like any bozo can go to hockey DB or, or elite prospects and figure out who was on that team. Yeah. And, and so, and so now an here we are on that team. Yeah. And so now here we are going, 
well, was he one of them? Was he one of them? Who did it? Who did it? And to me, this is, this is, and, and I, I mean, it's, it's just an, it's just a complete failure of leadership you, by Hockey Canada here because, and, and I just want to finish yeah, this please. point yeah. is because to me, Hockey Canada treated this like we just want to run past the graveyard like this and whistle. Yeah. We don't want to know. Yeah. We don't want to find out. Yeah. We don't want anything. And, 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 and in reality, it should have been, okay, did this happen? Is this legitimate case? Is this a case of a woman trying to, trying to, trying to cash in on, on the fame of some very, very, um, uh, very soon to be rich athletes? Is it? Yeah. Okay. If it is, then it's very important to us that these guys are cleared and exonerated and the ones who didn't do anything are cleared and exonerated. And if it wasn't, then we've got to know who these guys are because these guys are going to be playing in the NHL. They're going to be playing on Team Canada. They might be coaching Team Canada someday. They might be coaching kids. They might be coaching girls. Yeah. You um, you bring up the point, which I, I think that I, I want to kind of bring it to a head with this, which yep. is it. whenever a player, let's say player X cross-checks player Y in the neck, mm-hmm. ends player Y's career. Right. Player X gets a $5,000 fine. No, no. Let's say a 15 game suspension. <laughs> Player X goes and appeals that suspension. Mm-hmm. And the question that we've been always, that we've been asking, and I think I have, if not an answer, a, a an educated guess towards is always why, if the NHLPA is meant to protect its players, right? why are, why are they appealing player X's suspension right. when player Y's career is over. Because because they're both members of the association and they have to look out for the interests of both guys. And well, that's, hang on. And but that's why, where the but conflict why did they is. Cho- why did they choose one guy? Right. Why did they choose player right. X over right. player right. Y? Right. Because they should, have somebody, X, they should have somebody from the PA arguing as vociferously that this guy should be banned for a no, year. No, but I'll, I'll tell you why. Yeah. I'll tell you why. I think that- I, About money. It's all it's about money. money. It's, it's money. It's all about money. A guy because, gets suspended, he loses money. So- it, So- the Hockey Canada has decided that they would rather have rumors swirl around, was it 16 players? 19. 19 players. They'd ra- pardon me. They'd rather have rumors swirl around 19 players right. than know for sure that between six and eight players right. has right. done right. this. Yeah. And so, again, you've got a situation where they're protecting the money is what essentially it comes down to. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so disgusting about all of this. And it's the same issue that we come with that, that comes in with suspensions. The NHLPA shows its stripes yeah. when it protects the player. Yeah. Yeah. Look, player, player Y that's career is over still has a guaranteed contract. They're right. still making that money and that right. money's still going to the coffers of the, of the, uh, yeah. um, whatever, um, NHLPA. Right. Right. Player X, that money he loses. Right. Therefore, that money is not going to the to the NHLPA. Right. Therefore, we protect player X, even well, though player X is the perpetrator, I, I not don't, the victim. I don't think it's a matter of the money going to the NHLPA. I think it's a matter of of uh, sort of preserving the wealth of each of the players. Right. Like it's not going to them, right? And so, anyways, we're we're getting off on a tangent yeah. here. In my opinion, this was an enormous abdication of leadership by hockey Canada. Yeah. I think they've acknowledged it. I think they understand it. I think they've, they've made some changes, but one of the MPs said, I keep coming back to responsibility versus accountability. They're taking responsibility. 
but they're not taking accountability. They're not being accountable for this. As one MP said, nobody lost their job. Nobody was, had the privilege of wearing the Maple Leaf logo taken away from them. Nobody, none, there were zero negative repercussions for any of these guys who are allegedly involved. And that is the most troubling and shocking thing. I I couldn't have said it better myself. So we're going to try to transition out of this. Yeah. It's tough one. It's tough one. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, it's, it's, it's a heavy, it's a heavy subject, but like, like I open up with Carol off, we're trying to bear witness. Right. 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 Um, in what little way in what little platform we have and can we're we're doing Mm -hmm. we're doing our best yeah so let's let's transition to the coaching carousel okay and uh so if you're if you're listening if you're watching us on youtube uh hello you can check us out (laughs) on the hockey podcast network for full episodes you can check out ken's writing kencampbell.substack.com you can check out our twitters ken underscore campbell 27 underscore dylan wah and Check out our um, YouTube section for clips of these episodes. You get them in 10-minute segments. And again, you can then, if you don't wish to listen to what we were just talking about, then you can skip that much more easily. So we're going to talk about the coaching carousel. Um, right. <clears throat> we haven't talked about really any of these, so we're going to go sort of back somewhat chronological. Um, Martin St. Louis gets re-upped in Montreal. Right. Thoughts? Thoughts? Uh, good hire, obviously. Um, I do not. It's a little short sighted if you ask me. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. If you're going to start with the short jokes. (laughs) Okay. 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 That's it. Okay. That's it. I'm out of here. Uncle. Uncle. (laughs) (laughs) Uncle. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think, you know, I, I don't put a ton of credibility into a team's run when they have nothing to play for and they, 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 they get this new coach or they make this trade or whatever. Right. You always hear it, right? Oh, the Buffalo Sabres went, you know, 14, five and one in their last 20 games of the season. So next year they're going to be great. And they are Ottawa senators two years ago. Yeah, Yeah, they are. And they are for the first month of the season. And then they, and then they drop off. So I don't put a ton of credibility into that, but, Couple of things. They weren't that good. Yeah. <laughs> First of all. Yeah. Like they, they actually as a team, yeah, in terms of results, they weren't that much better. They lost a lot of games. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they won two games in a row for their first time right. in the entire right. season. But but it appears as though, and I think this is what the important thing is, is that you have to have the right match of the right personality yeah. with the team and where it's going and what it's doing. And I cannot, other than John Tortorella in Philadelphia, <laughs> I can't think of a better fit, you know, than <laughs> Marty San Louis in Montreal, yeah. because, you know, they've got, they've got some, obviously got some very, very good young talent. They're transitioning, um, yeah. you know, Shane Wright or Slavkovsky or Logan Cooley or somebody is going to be their first pick overall. Yeah. Probably going to be Shane Wright. They're probably going to go the safe route and go Shane Wright, I would think. Um, and, uh, and, and so they're going to have to integrate those guys in the lineup and those guys are going to need to be taught because I think if we learned anything from Jack Hughes, it's that it, it, it unless you're Sidney Crosby or, or uh, Connor McDavid or, you know, Alex Ovechkin or whatever, it really doesn't matter how talented you are as an 18 year old. Yeah. You're pretty freaking clueless. 
<laughs> you, you are, you yeah. are. You're clueless yeah, yeah. as to what it takes to play in the best league in the world. Yeah. So you need someone who is going to shepherd you through that process. Yeah. And I think this is, he's a really good guy to be able to yeah. do that. I, I think, I think the, the good thing about the Montreal Canadiens is they're saying, we don't have to win. Yeah. We, we could finish 32nd yeah. overall again next year. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. And there's no like slap dash, like kind of where one or two trades or a free agent signing away from, yeah. you know, contending here. Yeah. No, 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 no. We're going to, we're going to do this right. Mm-hmm. And, and they should be doing it because they've got carte blanche. Yeah, you know, Jeff yeah. Gorton and Kent Hughes have a honeymoon period here yeah. where there's not a lot that they can do wrong. You know, there's it's Celebrity like what Steve, it's, and it's what Steve, <laughs> what's that? Hugo. Hugo. Nice. Hughes Gordon. Yeah. Hughes Gordon. Not bad. Hugo is what, yeah. the, what yeah. the kids are calling him. Nice. Yeah. But it's like what Steve Eiserman had in Detroit. Yeah. And he used it. Yeah. And he, he built up their, you know, their, their prospect system and he got a bunch of young players and now. Slowly but surely, yeah, we are going to see the fruits of that. You know, we're going to see that yeah, bear fruit. Totally. So I really think that that for this team at this time, where this team is, I think it's a really good fit. I mean, you, you turn around and you say, best case scenario, he becomes the kind of coach that wins the games. Worst case scenario, we already know that right now, currently, with no improvement, he is already the kind of coach that helps players uh, progress. The, yeah, yeah. So. Worst case scenario, he helps develop your players, and then you say, well, thanks for that, Marty, and then you hire another coach. Yeah. Best case scenario, he grows with the team. And and I think I think that's that's a very important point. Yeah. Is he's gonna get better. Whoops. He's gonna get better too. Yeah. Like he's gonna become a better coach. Yeah. Well, I and I, he I is, said to you he this is morning. going to he's going to improve along like incrementally, you would think, yeah. along with the group of players that is going to take them to where they want to go. And the thing is, is that Montreal is developing an analytics department. They're developing yep. a sports <laughs> yeah, science have, department. They've hired a guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's to say it's they've like, hired a guy. Look, listen, if they had zero guys before and they have one guy now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that is literally more than a million times the exactly. amount of people that they exactly. had, right? <laughs> so math is fun. Math is fun, yeah. <laughs> um, my point is, is that... Uh, he's going to be surrounded by people that will help him achieve that success. Mm -hmm. And a guy like Marty St. Louis to me strikes me as being self assured enough Mm -hmm. to accept the help when it's there. Yes. And so, I mean, what did I say to you this morning? I, I said it'll know. be interesting to see what he does coaching yeah, when yeah. he's had more than five minutes to think about coaching. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Marty, you want to come coach the Habs? Sure, I'll think about what to do on the drive yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go home. I'll ask my wife what she thinks. Yeah, and then I'll get I got a four-hour drive from Vermont or wherever he was living at the time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you Connecticut, know, I think. Yeah. Connecticut, yeah. And I'll think about uh, what to do, you know, by the time I get there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're on the same uh, on the same page there with uh, Marty St. Louis. You mentioned him now, so why don't we just go to John Tortorella in Philadelphia? Well, it, it, I mean, I look at the the Tortorella, the DeBoer, the uh, Cassidy. Is there anybody else am I missing? Uh, no, that's, those are the four. Okay, well, I look at that, and the first thing I think of is, you know, the the recycling of coaches is alive and well in the <laughs> NHL. It's very alive and well. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, John Tortorella is... Tampa, New York, Vancouver, Columbus. Am I missing anybody? Those are the ones that I can think of. Yeah, so he's on his fifth team. Yeah. Um, but to me, I mean, this is another where one where it's 
a great fit. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this team, this team has no identity. Okay. This team has no identity other than they suck. Like they have no identity. Yeah. Right. And, and their young players have really stalled, you know, the yeah. Ivan Provarevs, the, you know, Travis Connects, you know, these guys have really like, if there is a team that needs someone to come in and kick ass, it's the Philadelphia Flyers. The most important prospect that they have, my opinion, is Carter Hart. Mm-hmm. And you put Carter Hart behind a John Tortorella defensive system, yep. such as what Elvis Merzlikens was the beneficiary yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you you watch him regain that confidence right. and start to thrive. Right. And, and it, you know, it's, like, yeah. You want a bold prediction? Carter Hart's in the Vesna voting next year. Oh, wow. Okay. There's my very, now that, I mean, um, what's his name that was injured all year that they got from uh, uh, the defenseman that was injured all year? They got in a trade last year. Um, the Philadelphia Flyers. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Ryan Ellis. Ryan Ellis. Ryan that's Ellis. right. Yeah, that they got from the. You got to um, stop. Like it's June. What June twenty first? And you're trying it. You're pulling this. <laughs> what am I? Like, pulling? I can't remember that stuff. Anyways, what I'm saying is that <laughs> you bring in a healthy Ryan Ellis. Yeah. You know, Tortorella in, implements his system. Ivan Provorov takes a step. Carter Hart's able to take a step. You know. Between Carter Hart able to being able to take a step and the team taking a step, yeah. meeting halfway, that that to me screams Vesna Canada. I wonder how Cam Atkinson is feeling right now. Like <laughs> you're shitting me. Yeah. Really? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but to me it's like guys like a bad virus. <laughs> yeah. To me it's like if 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 there's a team that needs a needs a massive shake up out of the complacency and like i just feel like philadelphia is like it's like (laughs) man we're good at losing yeah boy have we ever learned how to lose you know what i mean yeah and if there's any any team that needs that kind of injection it's that team and who knows who knows he's a four he'll probably have a four-year deal and he'll probably have a three-year shelf life you know what i mean like it's always (laughs) like that right the Grateful Dead to nine mile skid on a 10 mile ride. Yeah. It's what he is. Yeah. yeah. Um, honestly, though, the thing about Torts and we've said it about Daryl Sutter. The thing about Torts is that, yes, he's extremely old school, but he is not close minded nope. to some to nope. some newer yeah. ideologies. And, and, and I think I think the edges is, is, has been the edges have been smoothed a little bit. <laughs> no, I do. I think he's been humbled a few times. I do. And I, think I agree with you. I think, he, you know, because I mean. If you talk to the guys in Columbus, he was like he was very accommodating there. A lot you know? of players love him. Yeah, a yeah. lot of players love him. There are players. I talked to Ian Cole. Ian Cole loved playing for John Dardarell. Loved it. Yeah, and 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 Ian Cole is a good hard nose kind of mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. lunch pail sort of type player. Absolutely. Uh, you know, but I mean, it's like you know, getting the Sedin twins to block shots is like the stupidest thing that anybody could have ever come up with. Right. You know, even though Steven Stamkos is blocking shots now. It's stupid. I agree. It's stupid. Yeah, but yeah. Well, don't get don't give away too much. Okay, let's go to okay. let's go to Pete DeBoer in Dallas. I I really feel like Dallas went out of the frying pan and into the fiery Skillet. inferno. <laughs> really? Yeah. I think they just flatlined. I think they just. Who's the guy that can best fit what we're trying to do here? We've got a veteran team that we think might be able to <laughs> do maybe those players come just close being like, to oh, doing thank something. God, we're going to get like a, a oh. Really, Pete DeBoer, he's next, eh? Wonderful. No, I think... That's like firing Bruce Cassidy and bringing back Claude Julian. (laughs) Like, come on, guys. 
it's it's going to be really interesting in Dallas because I think they've made a statement that they're not ready. They're not taking a step back. They're not ready to take a step back. Yeah. When the reality is, is that this is a team that, you know, I mean, you've got Jamie Benn, who's, who actually had a really good year this year. It wasn't bad. Yeah, but, but. I mean, he's fading. Radulov Tad, fell off Tadisega, that cliff that we you know, always that kind expected, of thing. yeah. But what I find interesting about the Dallas Stars is they have guys like, uh, uh, they have- um, Robertson. Wyatt, Wyatt Johnson. Yeah. Who led the OHL in in yeah. scoring in the regular season and the playoffs. They have Logan Stankovin. Yeah. Who's from the Kamloops Blazers, who had the best points per game in the in the WHL. They have Maverick Bork. I can't wait till he comes into the NHL and his nickname is Stanky. Stanky. Could be Logie. Loogie, Loogie Stanky. Loogie Stanky. <laughs> and, and they have Maverick. You got the Stanky Loog coming up the wing. <laughs> they have Ma- Maverick Bork. They have yeah. Ty Delandria. They have some really like very, very, very exciting offensive uh, prospects coming up. And it'll Hey, be- I told you to look at their system, remember? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but but it'll, be re- yeah. it'll be really interesting to see how that all meshes together because DeBoer, they are a very defense-oriented team. Yeah. And DeBoer is a very defense-oriented coach. So yeah. are these guys going to be able to come in and be free to make, to get to, you know, to be able to make the adjustment to the NHL and be able to do what they can do best? Yeah. Or are they going to be put into the, you know, you got to learn to check and play on your own end for, you know, before you you know, before we'll give you yeah. more than six minutes of ice time a game. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I think it's a really interesting dynamic that's going on there. And um, it's a four-year deal again. Yeah. Uh, and it just, to me, it's... Probably has another three-year shelf life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But to me, this is, this is, this, the, the statement here is we're not ready to, to, we're not ready to throw it in, throw in the towel yet. Yeah. And, and it could go one of two ways. Maybe they, you know, maybe they find another long, long playoff run in them. Yeah. Cause DeBoer's been on them and a lot of these players have been on them. Yeah. Or they just languish in that mushy middle that yeah. doesn't do anybody any good. And you keep trying to just make the playoffs every year. Show me a good coach and I'll show you a Jake Ottinger. Right. <laughs> yeah. But so first thing I got to say about Pete DeBoer, I have a lot of respect for him yep. as a human being. Yep. When Colin Kaepernick uh, knelt during the national anthem, Pete DeBoer was asked because um, Ward, uh, Joel Ward, Joel Ward was on the San Jose Sharks at the same time, and Pete DeBoer was was coaching the San Jose Sharks. Yep. Joel Ward was asked, "Are you planning on kneeling?" And Joel Ward said, "I haven't decided yet." And then Pete DeBoer was asked, uh, "Like you know, um, what? How would you feel about this?" Right? And his response was. Something to the effect of, when I was in law school, I specialized in human rights. How do you think I feel about this? Ah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like it was just like so, like, like, like it was such. A, the answer was, what "The hell does this have to be a debate for?" Right. This right. guy has a right. Yeah, and you're yeah, gonna yeah, ask yeah. me, "Oh, what do you think? You're gonna trample his rights?" Yeah. Uh, no, well, I don't think I will. Were, there were coaches, and the of guy, course there were the coaches guy, that and the guy did, we and just talk, still not and the playing. guy we just talked about, yeah. the yeah. guy that we just talked about was one of them. Uh, Tortorella, Tor- yeah, Tortorella yeah, yeah. was yeah. was adamantly yeah. against it, right? And I also and I also uh, worked briefly with Pete DeVore's nephew. Oh, okay, super super nice guy. Really oh well, cool then guy. then they're going to win the Stanley Cup in two years. So all of that nice things to say about <laughs> Pete DeVore, I think he's a dinosaur of a coach. Okay, <laughs> I don't, I you know just just like we we watch Claude Julien have a slight resurgence in Montreal and yep. then kind of yep you know 
like fall off the wagon again and kind of go back to his old ways and, and really kind of coach against the grain, but like mm-hmm. not in, you know, whatever. Right. Yep. Just like we saw that with Claude Julian. I think that we're seeing that with Pete DeBoer. I, okay. I think that he's, he's going to have to really rethink his, uh, his ideology and coaching. Okay. If he's going to have a lot of success, I think that he will have some success. Yep. I, you know, it's a good team with yep. an excellent goaltender. Yep. I think that he will have some success. I'm not going to, you know, uh, say that he won't, but I just, yeah, like I said, I think, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not hugely, I'm not hugely sold on Pete DeBoer. Okay. I think he's a good guy. I, I don't think, I don't think you're alone in that assessment. I think that there are, you would have some people that would agree with that. Yes. I, I would agree that there are people that would agree. Final coach. This one I'm very high on and I love the fit. Oh man. Do I love the fit. Bruce Cassidy for the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Well, what I will say about Bruce Cassidy and the Las Vegas Golden Knights is if he just comes in and does one thing. Yeah. This team has as good as this team has been over the years, their power their their power play has sucked. Yeah. Like it's been terrible. Yeah. So if he can come in and fix that, that that's that'll be worth the hire right there. You've got to ask yourself. I just I just thought of this, right? Habs guy cover the Habs all the rest of it. How has Patch Reddy been one of the best offensive players in the NHL yeah. for like 10 years? And I don't think he's ever once been on a good power play. <laughs> like once. Yeah, really, eh? Right? Yeah. I isn't yeah. that funny? Because yeah. the power play in Montreal was terrible. Yeah, it's it's almost as bad in Vegas. And it, like, you're it's right. It's one of the bad. worst. It's like it's like 29 yeah, or something yeah, like that yeah, in the yeah, league. Yeah. In terms of the the, yeah. the clip that it's producing at. And you've got to think, Patch Reddy, for much of this year. Um, when he wasn't injured, yeah. was like leading the league or top three in the league for goals per game. Mm-hmm. So when he's there, he's playing exceptionally well. Yeah. And yet still can't sort it out of the power play. It's so bizarre. What do you think's harder? Five versus five scoring or power play scoring? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, Wait a minute. Let me put on my old thinking yeah, cap yeah, for yeah. a second there. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I agree with you. If, if Cassidy can figure out the power play, which... It wasn't a world-beating power play in Boston, it as was, I remember, but it was pretty oh, good. A couple of years, it was like top five. Oh, really? Like the, I thought fir- it was top ten. His first couple of years there, yeah. well, you could check, but I think it was his first couple of years there, yeah. it was like right there. Yeah. It was like right there. And yeah. then it was sort of middle of the pack, but I mean, I'm sure Vegas would like... We would kill for 15th overall. <laughs> no. We'd kill for that. I know. <laughs> if, I could, if, I, if I had a nickel for every... Uh, Habs article I read that said if we just had a league average power play right right if I had a nickel for that Ken I wouldn't be sitting here doing a podcast with you I'd yes be out you on would my no you would no you big... wouldn't no you wouldn't no? you'd be here doing that because you're really passionate about this <laughs> it's stuff. very true you're very passionate it's very but, true. but we'd have like I way, try to, I we'd try have to a act... way nicer studio <laughs> we'd have way better equipment you'd be able to afford a good haircut um <laughs> You know, uh, you know that kind of I, stuff. I, I try to act aloof, but truly, this podcast is the sail is the wind that fills my sails. It's the it's the wind beneath your wings, as Bet Midler would say. Yes, well, I I decided it's the to, wind beneath your friggin' wings. I decided to mix metaphors. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So on the flip side of the, well, I couldn't think of another metaphor to mix there. Never mind. Okay. Uh, look, wow, Bruce Cass. <laughs> wow, just thud. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. thud as I hit the ground there. Yeah, you Bruce- got a lot of crickets in your backyard right now. <laughs> <laughs> Where? Uh, yeah, Bruce Cassidy. Um, 
he just, you know, Pete DeBoer really brought Vegas away from what I think was successful with with for Vegas. They they weren't overcoached. They weren't overcoached. Yeah. Gerard Gallant does not overcoach. No, we've seen that. Like he lets his players do what they're good at doing. Yeah. 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 And and uh and so Bruce Cassidy, I really feel like he brought Vegas away from from what made them successful. No, yeah, Peter uh, DeBoer brought Pete Vegas. DeBoer. Yeah, yeah. Brought Vegas away from what made them successful. And that's why I feel like he he might be kind of, you know, a little too you know, the, the some of these coaches, especially when they've been around for a little while and they've had a lot of success doing the same thing for like 15 years, yeah. they're a little high on their own supply. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, they're yeah, they're yeah. kind of drinking their own Kool-Aid at right, that point, right? Right, or right, right. It wasn't yeah, technically yeah. Kool-Aid. They're, so they're, reading, they're reading their own press clippings. That's what people say. <laughs> yes, exactly. But, but I think, too, what, what, what Bruce Cassidy brings in is that this guy is not uncomfortable going into a room of elite players and telling them this is how we have to do things yeah. and this is what you have to do to be better and this is how we're going to do it and and finding that balance like oh, i mean I'm he's sorry. Coach- are you jack eichel that yeah. doesn't sound like <laughs> yeah. patrice bergeron yeah yeah no but he's he's coached bergeron he's coached marchand he's coached Dejan Chara. he you know he's coached some very Pasternak. high end you know yeah Pasternak, some very high end players yeah. so he can walk in and he's not going to be intimidated by a mark stone or a jack eichel or an alex pietrangelo yeah. or or you know whatever next shiny new thing comes along that they're going to pick up in free agency or trade, you know? So yeah. 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 I think like, yeah. And the thing with Pete DeBoer was that like, it just, the system kind of turned, it just, it was just, it it was a, it was a camel, you know, a camel is a horse designed by a committee. (laughs) Right. Okay. Yeah. It was a camel. It wasn't really that great defensively. And it it wasn't really that great offensively. And it was in the desert. (laughs) It wasn't really that great offensively. It just it just was kind of like it just wasn't really anything. Like Leonard wasn't really able to thrive under it and we've seen Leonard thrive under many many different types of systems. So the fact that he wasn't able to if like I mean we've seen him thrive in Chicago with complete defensive nightmare and yeah. we've seen him thrive in the Islanders, the best defensive system in the league. Right, right. The way I right. look at it is that if there's one goalie that we can be fairly sure can thrive under most systems, it's Robin Leonard. Yeah, but what we can't be sure of is his health. No, of course not. But what I'm and, saying and is he that may, he may not ever be healthy. Well, and and that's yeah. and therein is like that was the huge part of the problem in Vegas this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how do you judge what they were able to accomplish and weren't able to accomplish when yeah. you've just been like when the hockey gods have just said we uh, we got it in for <laughs> A you this like year. Picture like death's finger. Yeah, we you have know, it in. We have bony... it in for you this year. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No. So so be interesting. Anyways, I love Bruce Cassie, love the hiring. And I think that he's just like him in, in Vegas, like that we'll we'll see how the season goes. We'll see yep. how people's health are, but that could be a Stanley Cup winning uh Intending. formula. Yeah, yeah. Yep. All right, hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Shall we move on to the Tampa Bay Lightning? And the and the actual Stanley Cup and that's going on co- right now? Colorado Avalanche, yes. Sure. All right, before we move on, check out kencampbell.substack.com for all of Ken's fantastic writing. I, myself, apparently I'm a subscriber. <laughs> I thought I was this whole time. Anyways, that's fine. Um, you were just Cam- getting the free stuff, and you just... Well, and it didn't, I, I don't know. I just get, I guess I just thought that I wasn't, I was missing the whatever. You know what? We don't, you know what, Ken? Put your dirty laundry away, okay? We've got a podcast to do here, All pal. right, buddy. Okay. Um, <laughs> also, check us out on Apple Podcasts. We have like 90% of our listens come from Canada, and we have one review from Canada. Wow. Come on, Canada. Come on, Canada. Get reviewing. Get Even reviewing. if you hate us. Not, well, maybe not. No, maybe not. Yeah, you, no, just yeah. Only if Ken you like classic us. Ken Campbell took it one step okay, too far. Maybe that's telling us something. Maybe you know what? Everyone hates us, and they're yeah. The my Canadians mom used are, always say Canadians are so polite that they don't want to say we hate you, so they don't say anything. <laughs> we'll get seven reviews that just say sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one star, sorry. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, check us out on YouTube. Check out check out the Hockey Podcast Network on YouTube for full episodes, and then of course we release the clips on our own YouTube channel. I can't subscribe. Believe, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Leave a comment. All that good stuff. Yeah, I can't believe we suck. I really can't. Like, we're not the best. <laughs> but I've heard lots of podcasts, and I think we're pretty good. Okay, so putting this putting this conversation into context, I forgot to get to this per- get this person's name, but this person deserves a shout out. Who left a, a comment on uh, YouTube? Okay, person deserves a shout out. Uh, shout out. Shout out. the The name on YouTube is the King is coming. Who says good show? This was when we previewed the conference, okay. uh, previewed the Stanley Cup final. Yep. Good show, but abs in five, quit sleeping on this juggernaut. Hmm. Boy, he might have gotten us there. <laughs> <laughs> he might have. Yeah. He quit might sleeping have. on this juggernaut. I mean, you know, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. We yeah. both were pretty much higher on the Tampa Bay Lightning. I definitely was. I yeah. definitely was. I, I definitely. And, but, you know. Dylan, I mean, if we sat here and said uh, it last week after three games, it would be 2-1 Colorado. I don't think we would have all said, oh, the the, the sky's falling in for, for, for Tampa. I yeah. mean, t- game two, just like that really colored a lot of things. But as bad as Tampa was in game two, Colorado was just as bad in game three. You know what I mean? And and yeah. I think I think what you're seeing here is, and I've been saying this forever, is that Colorado's goaltending just needs to be good. It doesn't need to be <laughs> great. So bad, it though. just needs to be good. It's and so here's bad. and here's what you see when it's not good. Yeah. Like and 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 what but 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 what we're seeing even more is here's what happens when Colorado plays the way they played in game three. With all the defensive breakdowns, that's when you have. That's when your goaltending gets um, is vulnerable. Yeah, right. Is vulnerable. Yeah, and you know, I mean, Kale McCarr and Devin Taves. Wow, like, yeah. like, what happened to those guys? Yeah, you know. Um, so, so, so to me, I don't think it's. Lo- I don't think all is lost yet. I really, for, from a Tampa Bay perspective, I, I really don't. I think if they can use last night to get back to 
where they were, but I but what I'm worried about Tampa is Braden Point didn't play last night. He's apparently Nikita questionable Kuch- for the upcoming game. Nikita Kucherov left the game. Yeah. I think somebody else left the game. Um, they're banged up big time. I, I don't know if they have enough. And I don't know if if last night wasn't just uh we got our asses kicked, we got embarrassed. Let's get out there and show you know, really push the pace and see what we can do. And I, I don't know that they have that many games, you know, that they've got, that they can do that for three of the next four games, but they're the defending champs and maybe they can. Okay, so I'm going to do something that I've never done before on this podcast. I'm going to use a visual aid for last night's game for goaltending. Are you ready for this visual aid? Are I'll, you showing it on the podcast? I can show it on the podcast. Okay. So you see there's that, there's that picture of us. Yeah. And here we go. Those look like those look like X-rays bearing very bad news. <laughs> this is this is the shots. Okay. Yeah. These are the shots. Look at how the shots came from almost the same place for both teams. Both right. had tons of shots coming from in tight, right, and down the the Royal Highway, Royal Road, the Royal, Royal Road, Road, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yet Tampa scores five goals right there. Six. Didn't they have six? This is five versus oh, okay. five. Okay. Five oh, goals yeah. right there. And Colorado gets zippity doo da day. Right. So right. for those that were not able to see that, that are listening, basically it's a heat map of where the shots are coming from. Right. And the shots for Tampa are coming from directly in the center and then to the goalie's right. And the shots from uh, Colorado also coming from directly in the center and to the goalie's right. The difference is Tampa scored a bunch. Colorado didn't. So right. all things being equal, when Tampa is able to penetrate the defense yeah. at the same clip that Colorado is able to, and Vasilevsky has decided to once again be Vasilevsky, uh, Tampa's Tampa's winning. I mean, it's the great equalizer, right? So, like, Colorado was never going to win the goaltending matchup in the series ever. No. no. They never were going to win it. Ever, no. ever, ever, ever. Right? Yeah. So, but when it's this stark... Yeah. And 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 it's the great equalizer. How do you know? Like yeah. how do you know, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I I mean Colorado cannot play the way they did in front of Darcy Kemper and expect to win. They can't. I mean, and and this is what this is what exactly what I was embodying when I was like their goaltending just has to be good because they're so good. Yeah. But when they're not good and they're breaking down and 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 their best defense, their two best defensemen are horrible yeah um you're gonna end up with this kind of situation and and like colorado i mean nathan mckinnon's not playing badly no but he's he's gotta have he's gotta he's gotta have an impact on this series he's gotta take the bull by he's the horns. gotta have an yeah. impact on yeah. this series and i, and I think he because right now it's landis gog and and, and nachushkin and, and yeah, yeah. And these other guys and yeah. kale mccarr of course who are really yeah, impacting the series, and, and Nathan McKinnon is looking pedestrian. Well, I I don't think he looks bad. Like he's keeping no, up. He's bad. using his speed, but he's got to he's got to yeah. put his stamp. He's got to put his stamp on this series. So you know what I saw last night? I I don't like being this um, binary when it comes to team styles because there's so much nuance within all of them. But Tampa likes to set up in the zone and run the play through Nikita Kucherov, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And what's what was happening a lot in this series was that Kucherov and the various Tampa players. And actually, I I had a fun chat with a uh, with a scout yesterday 
for for the Los Angeles Kings where um, he was also kind of, he was telling me some of this stuff. Some of the stuff he told me, some of the stuff I'm extrapolating, right? But basically what he was saying was the speed that uh, Makar and Devon Taves are able to close the gaps. Yep. All of a sudden, you know, where they're used to cycling around a team, that's no longer an option. Right. They, they have half the time that they would have had. And so... I feel as though they, you know, it always looked like Devon Taves and Kale McCarr were just on them every second that they tried to set up in the zone. Boom, turnover, rush the other way. Yep. Tampa last night, to me, just basically started trying to find the soft areas through the middle, mm -hmm. which they managed to find. Yeah. And rush the puck. Yep. All things being equal, you would think that, a, a, a you know, defensemen like Kale McCarr and Bowen Byram and, and, and Devon Taves, being the excellent skaters that they are, would be... Uh, breaking up those rushes, but they yeah. managed to find soft areas. And well, they so, did, and Pat Maroon's goal was a perfect example of that. So, and and I mean, everybody's talking about how beautiful Sorelli's goal, that goal was. as well. Uh, yeah, 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 and everybody's talking about how what a great goal Pat Maroon scored, and it was really nice. But yeah. boy, that was bad, bad goaltending. Yeah, like why yeah. don't you just stand behind the net if you're going to do that? Like, holy cow! So I looked Anyways. up a couple of the stats. Okay, game one for the Tampa Bay Lightning at five versus five, Hedman led the team in rush attempts. Okay. These are individual rush attempts, not team rush attempts yep. with two. And then Ruta, Palat and Bellamar each had one. So five total rush attempts wow. for individual rush attempts. Yeah. But let me tell you, like, you know, Hedman's a great defenseman, but if he's, if your defenseman's leading the team in rush attempts, it's probably not an ideal situation. And if the only other people able to get there are Ruta, Palat and Bellamar, also not ideal. Game two, McDonough led the team with two rush attempts. And, uh, uh, Pete Perry and Hedman each had one. So only four rush attempts individually in the game last night, Kucherov finally an offensive weapon, right? Led the team with three rush attempts and then Kalorn, Stamkos, Hedman and Sorelli all had one for seven total individual rush attempts. Right. So that, so they're finding the seams, they're breaking they're they're finding a way around that speed. Not only are they finding a way around that speed, but they're the right players are finding the way around the speed. Because right. all due respect right. to Bellamar, if I'm putting the game on somebody's stick and saying, oh, this guy's going to get through and get a rush attempt on net. Yeah. Not Bellamar. Well, not yeah, I mean, him. it's a thing. I, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like with guys like that, it's like, wow, they create a lot of opportunities. Yeah, <laughs> but it's them. Ask any Leafs fan about Mikheyev. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, love the guy, also hate the guy, right? You know, and I mean, like that was like Paul Byron back in the day as well. There's yeah, a lot yeah. of guys that they're skating and their hands and they're are, are all elite. And then their ability to actually put a puck into the net. Right. There was a guy that played in the 80s and he was a Montreal guy. He started out as a Montreal guy, Tom Chorsky. Man, that guy could skate. Yeah. And if his hands ever matched his feet, yeah, he yeah. would have been a 35 goal scorer yeah. for 10 years in a row. Yeah. So this is my point with the rush attempts is that, and that's individual. I wasn't able to find team stats for, for team rush attempts, like odd mans, two on yeah, ones, yeah, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But you're not looking hard enough. You're right. You're right. I, I looked it up this morning. Mm. Had, a, had had myself a late one that last night. Yeah, I know. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you did the nicest thing in the world. You asked me if you could make a chirp about my hair on the podcast and then right. you never made that chirp. Okay. I'll do it now. Okay. Let's hear it. Well, for a guy who doesn't drink, it looks like you were on a bender last oh, night. Oh, snap. <laughs> 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 and you burn. <laughs> 
boom, burned. Yeah. yeah. Boom, roasted. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, boom, boom, roasted. roasted. <laughs> that's right. The office. Yeah. Um, he's, Ken's just saying it because he, he clearly got a, a haircut I recently. Did. Yeah. I did. And, yeah. and because he's not able to take pride and feel good about his own haircut, he has to put down other people's hair. No, no, no. That's just to. a general way that I am. I, oh, okay. I, I, I build myself up by tearing other people down. <laughs> well, that's, that's just, that's just. That's just what I do. That's a one. Well, then I, I take back wishing you a happy Father's Day. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like the worst father trait you could possibly have. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate this family. <laughs> In fairness, my dad never let the kids win. My dad never let the kids win. Oh, really? No, yeah. he was he was never let the kids win guy. Yeah. But then like he kind of he got sick relatively early on right yeah. not to get too far into this but and and so he went from not letting the kids win to me letting him win because he was like a frail old man by the oh, time i was wow. 12 wow i remember yeah. playing football with him and, and i was like we were both like i don't want to tackle your old man looks like he's gonna die from one hit <laughs> <laughs> i was like 12 years old at the time anyways um so like i just speaking I look of at, frail old men speaking of frail old men, come back in this series <laughs> So, and that's the million dollar question is that those seams that they found last night, will they be able to find them again? Because, you know, I don't know if you, I don't know if you figured this out by now, but uh, Colorado's like, you know, they're, 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 they're a pretty good team. They are. And, you know, you are allowed one, like, can, like, I, I'm just thinking about this now. Like this is the first stinker they've had in the entire playoffs. Colorado. Yeah. But this is the thing is that, is it a stinker? It was a stinker. It, I was, don't know a that it stinker. was a stinker. I, I, okay. So here's the thing. There was a, there was a two on O uh, against Sergei Bobrovsky when he was playing on the, um, on the St. Louis blues, not St. Louis blues, Columbus blue jackets. I always get those two mixed up. Yeah. Because blue and they and play a blue. similar style and they're in the NHL. Okay. Yeah, well, whatever. Like this isn't like an Ottawa, Saskatchewan Rough Riders thing, right? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Stall passes to Stall, intercepted by Stall. Yeah. So, anyways, the um, Bobrovsky. There was a two on zero, and uh, Jakob De La Rose took the shot. Yeah. And Bobrovsky dove over so fast and got the puck on his blocker, and he dropped his stick and diving over because he. It was like he's like I'm shedding all additional weight. Right. It was like those, like, you know, like watching like yeah, Master yeah, yeah. and Commander or whatever, those old ship things and they're throwing stuff overboard yeah, because they're yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. They're like, we need whatever extra speed we can get, you know? So like the right. deck hands. Yeah. The, the grand piano. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, it, anyways, Bobrovsky made this incredible save and the narrative for like three days was Jakob De La Rose needs to release that puck faster. And it's like the puck wasn't in a perfect one-time position. He caught and released it pretty quickly if you ask me pretty darn quickly. Yep. And so that's always been my thing, which is that I don't like the idea of taking away from Tampa found a way to dominate the, the, the Colorado avalanche and Colorado never found a way to claw back. And so yes, Colorado put up a stinker. Yes. They maybe should have found a way to claw back, but I do not take any marks away from Tampa for this. No. It's not like Colorado no. woke no. up that morning and said, you know what? <clears throat> we suck today. Yeah. No, I just, I don't take any marks away from Colorado either, but I just wonder if from they Tampa. can, or so from Tampa, I just wonder if they can summon that energy and that, that willingness and all of those other things three times in the next four games. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure they can. It's a tall order. Uh, but, but you know what? It's two, one now. And 
two one is not. It's not. It's it's not the end of the world. Jeff Merrick always says, and this this always goes through my mind, or he used to say, or whatever. You're not in trouble until you lose at home. That's a really interesting. It, it is because expression. because everybody, everybody thought Tampa was like, screw that, they're in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. When in reality, they lost game one in overtime, and they they sucked in game two. Like I mean, it happens, right? And yeah. everybody was like. No, forget about that. You, you're not in trouble until you lose at home. They're in trouble right now. I want to reiterate something that I said last week. And I, I, I very rarely fall in love with things that I say because there's just so little to love. Right. What I say. Right. But every once in a while I say something <laughs> and, I, and I go, I go, you know what? It almost sounded like somebody smart said that. Right. And I'm going to say it. The biggest trouble right now with Vasilevsky is that we are comparing him against Vasilevsky. That's the biggest trouble. If you think about every great goaltending performance over the last 20 years, every astounding, whether it's Hashik 20 years ago, whether it's uh, whether it's Carey Price, whether it's uh, Halak, whether it's Jonathan Quick, all of these guys, right, that, that put up stellar, stellar goaltending performances always had one or two absolute stinker games and even got pulled normally once or twice. But he's had more than a couple in these playoffs. But what I'm saying That's is, is that we haven't he's, we haven't seen him have have more than one stinker game in three years. Right, right. So to turn around and say, oh, he's had like three stinker games, that's normal. And it's still a good playoff run. That's normal. Yeah, so yeah. if you look at game two and he let in a, a, a he let in seven goals, um like who cares? You can yeah. only lose a game once. Have that stinker come yep. back, and he came yep. back, and he was one of the goals. I'd say was not my favorite. Yeah, that yep. Vasilevsky let in, but yep. he had himself and, a pretty good game. He, if, he made and, a lot of ten bell saves. And if the other the other Nikushkin goal would have counted, the one that was offside, that wasn't a great goal either. No, I agree that with wouldn't you. have been a great goal either. But sometimes, as a goaltender, whether it hits the post or it was deemed offside or whatever the case is, when a, when a, when you know that you missed a shot and it doesn't result in a goal. Sometimes that's a wake-up call as a goaltender. Well, I, yeah, and I wonder if that wasn't a huge turning point. Right. Right, you know? I yeah. mean, I mean, you're... You, you have a little luck yeah, and then you, you get a little good. you pick yourself up off the yeah. mat, you get a little bit of help, and then you get a second life, and away you go. So here's the thing that I'm thinking moving forward. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the most trite, most obvious statement ever, and, and I, I, I intend fully to be ridiculed for this, so don't worry if you do. Um, goaltending... The relationship between a goaltender and a team is the chicken and the egg. If a goaltender plays well, then the yep. team has the confidence to play well. Yep. Similarly, conversely, mm-hmm. if the team scores a couple good goals, then the goalie feels good, feels like, oh, yeah, that team's given me a chance to win, and now I will take over from here, right? We have seen two games where neither played well. Right. And right. now we've seen a game where I think the team came out better and then the goaltender got on the same page. He, he got some energy from that for he sure. He got some energy. Yeah. And I, I would also say there's like, and there's also that situation where it's like, if you're goaltending and, and is bad and it's consistently bad and you have no um, faith in it. Yeah. It's almost like, what are we doing? doesn't yeah. matter. It yeah. doesn't matter what we do. We're losing anyways, yeah. because our goalie's not going to, yeah. our goalie's going to lose this game. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess my my point is is that next game I am curious 
if the Tampa Bay Lightning are to win the game, I am curious who leads that way. Who who leads that? Yeah. Does Vasilevsky make three, four good saves in a row right at the beginning of the game, and then the team goes, oh, yeah, we've got Vazzy back, well, and then see, plays well, or it, is it vice versa? Well, it seems to me that you know pretty quickly with Vasilevsky if he's on. Yeah. You know pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, either he yeah. lets in a couple of lousy ones early, or he shuts it down, and then it's like, forget it, right? Those two that I, he I made think, off the toe of his yeah, off yeah. The toe. Yeah. <laughs> Holy Jeez. I think that I think it's really interesting to see what they're going to do at the other end in the other crease. I don't think there's a goaltending controversy. I I th- I think Darcy Kemper will be their guy. I would start Frank Coos. Yeah, well, I don't Frank think they're Seuss. going to. I don't think they're I don't think they're going it. to either. Yeah, and yeah. and this is I have I get that I have the unique ability to make a yeah. statement like that with yeah. absolutely no repercussions whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, to right? me, and it, to me, I'm not sure it matters that much. It just, like I said, they're never winning the they're never winning the goaltending matchup ever, ever, ever. So you go into the game knowing you're not going to win the goal. You're going to have the second best goalie in the game. Yeah, per, almost certainly, right? Uh, yeah. So like, all they got to do is find the guy. Like I said, that's yeah. going to be good. I mean, and this is, I think, what Tampa did very purposely. They made it a track meet. It was rush attempts going back and forth, back and forth. And they said, we will take our goaltender, all things being equal, over your goaltender. We'll take the, we'll take the best goalie in the world. Yeah. Yep. 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 For sure. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? I don't think so. Memorial Cup started last night. It's the first um, time I've ever heard you speechless. Yep. I just said something, though. <laughs> Um, no, no, I think we've, we've pretty well, we'll do the draft and stuff like that in the next couple of weeks. Well, you know what? Like there's so much great hockey to talk about still. We'll, yeah. we will talk about off season content in the off season. Exactly. Right. Yep. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end of this episode. Please check out kencampbell.substack.com. Give it a subscription. Check out hockey unfiltered on, uh, Apple podcast. Please do leave us a review, a rating, always good stuff. Check us out on YouTube for clips. You can get the 10-minute little segments of this for the different things that we talk about. And, of course, we will talk to you next week if we haven't pissed you off too much this week.